Yes, you are listening to the Mental Health Check-In Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Anthony Myrick. You can call me Jim. I'm told it's easier to remember. And this is the very first episode. I thank you in advance for listening on whatever platform you may be listening to. And uh, if you're watching the video version, I apologize in advance for the really bad quality camera I've got. I've probably got to do something about that, but... Hey, you know, trial and error, first episode. But um, so on this first episode, I have my guest filmmaker Wendy McComb, who was a great chat to listen to. It's actually like an hour-long chat. But before I dive into that, I want to just—I suppose—I feel like I should introduce this podcast, introduce who I am, and why you may want to dedicate so much time to this. I'm trying—I'm going to try to not be too long me and Wendy McComb we had a conversation that was an hour and I don't want to call it an interview I want to have guests I can have these serious conversations with not necessarily an interview we're just talking and we talked a lot and I don't want to make this any longer than it should be but I'm going to try my best to explain who I am for those not familiar with them with it um to make it short I do a lot of things I write I'm a journalist I'm a photographer and like a lot of people I've been having a tough time during these tough times uh quarantine lockdown however you want to call it it's been a tough last few months and uh I've I've been going through a lot of feelings Let's put it that way. Not very good feelings. And I mentioned it a little bit when I was talking to Wendy. But uh, there was a point where I sat down with my thoughts and basically came to the conclusion I'm not okay. Maybe I'm still not okay. Maybe this is a coping mechanism for myself. But I realized I wasn't okay. And after stemming and these feelings and going through so much these last few months uh lavas internal other things were just bad things happening around me uh some of it's my fault some of it's just 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 the way life goes it's a a whole lot has been going on Uh, again i don't want to make this too long so i don't want to dive too deep into it and maybe a lot of what's been going on will come up reoccurring in different episodes but um first i i try to snap myself out of it and tell myself i'm tired and i'm just tired of being tired and that worked for a while but then just old old feelings started coming back to the surface essentially for me and I realized I wasn't okay again and after doing some free writing so to speak without delving into too deeply of what I wrote down just because I again I, I, I don't want to make this longer than it should be it may maybe this isn't the space to talk about such heavy stuff yet but uh, heavy stuff on my part I guess but um um I I realized just how not okay I was and something just hit me that told me 
I need to do something about it and let's just say I didn't have much of a value so to speak for my own life and it came coinciding with everything going on in the world and pretty much the murder of George Floyd may you rest in peace I realized that wow America doesn't have much value for my own life either and I felt I felt called to action for the first time in my life but you know with COVID going around I'm immunocompromised because of my asthma I couldn't protest the way I wanted to there's a lot of things that I can't do a lot because I I feel like I should I feel like I should care after my health a little bit more so to make a long story short I felt called to action in a lot of ways but I couldn't do much still can't do much action I suppose and that just that really put me into a mental slump again even even though like I kept trying to snap myself out by saying as tired as I am there's worse things in the world and I I don't recommend that type of thinking to invalidate your own feelings that's some thinking I still need to get myself out of the habit of doing but I felt like I still need to do something with this action I suppose and I can't explain how I came to this conclusion it just kind of hit me out of nowhere but that action told me to make a podcast because it seems like like I said a lot of people are dealing with these last few months in different ways and struggling in different ways and I figured if say I don't know something happens to me if I die however you want to put it I want to leave something for other people to to learn from I guess I want to I want to help people is what I'm trying to say as bad as I'm feeling I imagine other people are doing worse and I hope that in being open and honest and verbalizing my feelings it could be something that listeners like yourself can relate to and it can either help you with what you're going to or inspire you to look deep into yourself and figure out how to verbalize your own feelings and deal with your own emotions as much as you can and like it's been an interesting process it's um this is a i've been going through this process of trying to get this podcast together for the last three four weeks um i got uh mache stan he's a rapper and producer to do a theme song for this podcast that's actually his voice that you hear at the beginning and I appreciate him for doing that. Uh, I got Kate Murphy, Caitlin Noel, also local here in Detroit, to do the design for this podcast. And I appreciate her for that. But like the, it seemed like the closer I got to his podcast, the more I started having second thoughts about myself. And like I fear, fear is what hit me really. Like not even just the fear of putting myself out there on a public platform for the world to see me and judge me but 
if I even have the capabilities to do such a thing with such serious topics as mental health, even though I feel like this is something that everybody is dealing with their own mental health in these last few months. And there are conversations that need to be had, especially at this time. I wasn't sure if I had the tools to verbally communicate those feelings. And like I I don't I don't want to be disrespectful in my approach. I don't want to be unintentionally disrespectful. I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like I'm exploiting anybody or exploiting mental health and like I I do see that a lot even in these last few months people basically see mental health as a paycheck to be cashed in on and that's not what I want to do and I was afraid that it could come off that way but then I came across this video from Wendy McComb who I've been following for so many years and she put out this video about basically the flaws everybody's flaws and like all the issues that we're all collectively going through about being a was it what it means to be a perfect or good person and that video really spoke to me and that video gave me the plunge to really decide that this is something i not only want to do but i have to do i'll i'll i'll, I'll put a link in the description for that video if you haven't seen it but i highly recommend it and i highly recommend this conversation with wendy that i'm uh, about to just segue right into i'm i've i've rambled a lot already and i'm i'm sorry i get i get long-winded unintentionally and um it's it's hard to work on that but um yeah i'm uh i'm i'm just gonna stop rambling and just segue into our conversation welcome back to the mental health check-in podcast and we're here with my very first guest i'm I guess I'm very honored to have as the very first guest. She is a director, actor, filmmaker, producer, cinematographer, a whole bunch of amazing things. She is Wendy McComb. How are you, Wendy? Hey, doing good, doing good. Thanks for asking me to be on your first podcast. Thank you. And thank you for making that video. That's the one that really like struck a chord with me. The For those listening, I'm talking about your... On bad with titles or remembering titles, uh, how to be a good person or what is a perfect person? Is that correct? Yeah, I just put that up um, because I think I'm I'm experimenting with interviews and blogs and stuff lately. Um, yeah, just did like a, a segment, sort of touching on a few points for this question we ask ourselves. Maybe we, I, I, I was like, am I the only one who feels this way? Am I the only one who Googles how to be a good person? How to, how to be a better person? How to be perfect as a person? Am I the only one who Googles that, basically? It's definitely, Googling probably helps. I wish I've Googled it before. I've just <laughs> let it ruminate in my head too many times. Oh, but... man. <laughs> yeah, that's harsh. That yeah, hurts. It's, yeah, it's super hurtful. I, especially been doing it with like even just trying to like come together with this podcast because i had this podcast idea ruminating for the last three or four weeks i've 
gotten someone to produce a design then i had someone do music and the closer the pieces came together the more i started to just doubt myself uh. and then just like painful past memories and past trauma started coming to the surface wow. and i'm just like i want to talk uh, about that oh okay let's... I, feel, I feel like that happens i feel like when we're really close to success or you know a newer version of uh, a new level we'd mm-hmm. say in life um those trauma responses come back they 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 come in to get you to stop you because um what i've discovered in my research for mental health is that um, it's your your mind's way of protecting you. It's like, let me give you all these fears and doubts so you can't move. So you cannot go into the unknown because the unknown is scary for me. And that usually happens. So when you're saying all these trauma responses came up and doubts and fears, the closer you got to your aspiration, to your intuition, to your divine goodness, it's funny how it's not funny. It's horrible how that stuff comes <laughs> up. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say, but I never thought of it like that. That really makes sense. And like, there's definitely like not just a trauma response, or is a trauma response, but I suppose there's a a fear type of thing to it. Like for every reason, this fear comes out of me. And like when when I'm when I'm in fear, I doubt myself, or I just I just have these meltdowns, basically, and the more I fear things, the more I either rush into things or push Mm. myself more than I should, Mm. or I just recoil into my soul and I just slump into my bed and I just don't. I either do everything in too much or nothing at all, and it's like there's nothing in between there, you know? Dude, I'm so feeling that. I feel that because... For me lately, I've been digging into that feeling and trying to question it uh, because I was in a huge depression and slump like um, just like a week ago last week. I mean, COVID is tough. We don't I don't get to go do simple things that I forgot gave me joy, like go dancing or listen to live music. You know, I don't I don't know. Like there's some parts of COVID that's really easy and like this you get to discover a lot. But there's a lot of parts that are hard and hopeless. Um, I feel like I've discovered lately that one, I don't say nice things to myself ever. And, um, when I'm about to go to that next level of the unknown or following my divine truth, which your divine truth with this podcast. So I want to say before we move on, even so that congratulations, <laughs> you're doing it. Um, but like we do that we we do too much or too little and i know in my experience i do that because i'm afraid that um if i don't do it all now i will lose the energy uh, and the will that i finally mustered up so i better do it all and then i don't breathe and i don't have a balance and you know it's 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 kind of like why do we do that why do we do that or we do nothing at all we just have to stop because we want to live in our doubts we want to live in our fears why why do we do that other than i mean for me i think it's what i said it's the ego's way of protecting you from the unknown and you having to have faith in yourself which having faith in yourself and thinking good things could happen best case scenarios 
uh, for some reason is hard to do as a human. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> tough. Uh, before I respond to that, you just uh, backtrack about a minute or two ago. You said you were in a depression about a week ago. First, I want to ask, are you yeah. okay right now? Like, how are you feeling now? Oh, God. I mean, I feel so much better. That was Good. hell. It was hell on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, um, I had put myself into some positions like um, I don't talk to my family, really. But I thought, hey, you know, during COVID, this could be a good time to reconnect. And it's like I put myself into some positions where it just built up, you know, like I, I what I do when I get depression you, lately or before, like for the last year is just called myself crazy. I'm like, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. Um, you must be bipolar, like all these things, like really mean things. And I do now know a lot more. It, it's there's way more than that. Um, after this, particular time last week so if i i'll just kind of share that if you don't mind mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, okay so you know I, I i was thinking you're horrible i was saying all these mean things and this is like the discipline we were taught as children you know it comes back my father used to call me crazy my my dad used to compare me to my mom and that's a whole other sexism narcissism story but that's the narrative my brain was taught as a child Um, So we definitely uh, go there in times of depression or when we're thinking we're disciplining ourselves and learning by disciplining. Um, And I'll get back to why I'm saying that in a second. So I had that build up. I had to realize, oh, you were hanging out with your dad who never acknowledges you and never, ever asks you a question and just talks for like a monologue about like maybe a soda can, like something that just doesn't, it's crazy. It is so insane, but like, I'm like, I have compassion, I can handle this, I'll just be his daughter. But it's okay, so you have a few hangouts of that and not acknowledging it. I just, I just was like, that was normal, okay. Okay, so these are the things we don't acknowledge that there are things happening in our daily life that are traumatic. Um, Then I had a friend fall out two in a row, actually. Uh, The ghosting thing, the cancel somebody. Um, You know, one I think was more something I could have been better at, but I think that as a friend, when you think about it later, you're like, why, why did it blow up so quickly? Um, and that aspect made me sad. Um, it made me feel like a horrible person, but then I had to tell myself like, well, you're not perfect. You know, this is after three days of depression. I'm like, oh, okay, this is making sense. And then the third, the second fallout of a friend, that was really strange. Somebody I really liked, I tried to work with, but I think the work dynamic was not as good as the friendship dynamic. And I asked him to please respect me And I think sometimes when you speak up like that, people get really, I don't know. He went off on a monologue that was very hurtful. He attacked my character. It was kind of like deflecting. Mm -hmm. But that really put a lot of childhood trauma back into my brain. Like, oh, you're wrong. You shouldn't have spoken up. Like, I went through a... So all those things combined set me into the depression. It's really good to know 
what is setting you into your depression versus calling yourself horrible names, mm-hmm. thinking you're a bad person, and disciplining yourself to learn. And what I learned through this and is a few things, which is things like this pass. They need time. Everything needs time. Communication needs time. And these days that come that are so bleak, they do pass in time. And it was only three days later that I started to see a light again. And then I had to mm-hmm. physically tell myself, even though I didn't want to because I was so depressed. I was like, you're not depressed anymore. I had to just say that. And then all of a sudden I wasn't. And then I learned about a thing called joyous discipline. Have you ever heard of that? The term's new to me. Can you uh, expand on it? So, and I'm a big mental health buff. So that's why also I wanted to do your podcast because um, I've been studying about abuse and all these things for the last four years. Um, Joyous discipline is a compassionate way to speak to yourself when you're learning a lesson. You know, it's really easy for us to revert into really hurtful, painful words, to not reach out to people who may love us, for people for us to think we're alone and we're not allowed to ask for help. But all of that is compassionate, and you can actually learn more and grow more when you are compassionate to yourself. Though it's harder than it than on me just saying a word, a phrase, but joyous discipline is what a phrase that I just learned learned this time around, actually. How do you get to that phase of joyous discipline, especially when you're in, like, the middle of a depression now? Woo-hoo! Uh, you, there's, there's an awareness, I think. It's like as soon as I knew I was going into a depression, I turned on my affirmations. I, you can Google, I mean, uh, YouTube affirmations. Um, you can be like, Affirmations for um, doubts. You can type in anything. Affirmations for um, being kind to yourself. Um, No, they don't really work, but they don't not work. Like, they're not going to solve your problem. But what affirmations do is, um, okay, for example, one negative word cancels out six positive words. Did you know that? So I never thought about it. <laughs> well, these are things, like I said, I'm a huge buff. I researched this stuff because I was like, how do you retrain your brain? How do you, because we're conditioned as people. Mm-hmm. So when you get conditioned with, you've heard too many negative words, let's say you're in an abusive relationship, you're going to hear a lot of abusive words. I, I've gone through that. Um, and how do you come out of it? you have to cancel out that one negative word with a bunch of nice ones. And you're not going to have the willpower to do that when you're depressed. So sometimes you just got to lay the hell down and just put those headphones in and be like, I can be neutral. I can at least be neutral right now because me going down that road right now in the state I'm in is not going to help anybody. You know, and if you had to write that down on your wall, take some time. It's mm-hmm. gonna it's gonna change in a few days. Mm-hmm. You have telling yourself you have a lot of time, I think is important. Um, and then yeah, you wait it out. You kind of wait it out, but you have to do little things like that, like tell yourself, you're allowed to be depressed. There's something going on. I'm not gonna say anything mean to myself. 
I'm going to listen to these affirmations. I don't have the will to live. Um, you know, that's extreme, but honestly, that happens sometimes. And yeah, in a few days, you kind of start seeing the light. But as soon as you see little trickles of it, you got to let it in. You got to say, I'm not depressed, even though it could be a lie, but your mind doesn't know. So, and then from there, you start working it out. What led to this? Can I, do I have the willpower to want to change, to know? Oh, maybe I shouldn't see my dad anymore. Ooh, that would be good. Uh, you know, like, like finding these things out about ourselves, it's, it's uncomfortable. It takes work, but it's worth it. Yeah, and I think you're right there. And I think I might have practiced using such affirmations in the last few months without maybe realizing it. Because I did kind of get myself out of a depression. It was a really long, really bad depression for... It was just an array of bad things just happening in my life all at once, back to back. And after basically just two and a half, maybe three months of just moping so much and feeling like I don't have the time to reassess my emotions or actually mm-hmm. care for myself. It kind of just hit me one day and I I told myself I'm tired of being tired and suddenly it was like this I guess this way off my shoulders. Like I had an anvil off my back for the past three months. I just pushed it off like I guess that's the power of affirmations, right? Or is it, yeah. would that count as an affirmation? Yeah. What did you What did you say to yourself? It was just. It was. Looking back on it in retrospect, I may have invalidated my feelings a little bit because after yeah, that's that's, that, that's a yeah. big one. Invalidating yeah. your own feelings. Yes, it's that's something I had to unlearn. Maybe I'm still unlearning too. But after I told myself I'm tired of being tired, I basically told myself things could be worse and like there's a million different things that a million different people are going through worse situations. And that's actually like a reoccurring thing for myself over the years. I've always minimized my pain or Mm. just invalidated myself. And I've had people tell me that I can't, I shouldn't do that, but it's, it's, I don't know where it comes from. It's just, I can't dig it out myself, you know? It comes from childhood. We're taught to be quiet. My father used to tell me when I cried that I needed to go sleep in the garage till I was done. Jeez. Yeah. So these little things, and that's an extreme one, but I'm just saying it as an example. Mm. Why do we suppress our feelings as adults? You know, there's little, (laughs) (laughs) there's little things like toughen up. Yeah. You know, things you're taught as a, a boy, toughen up. You you have to be like a man. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, why do you think most men are emotionally unavailable? You have to unlearn that. Mm-hmm. And to protect ourselves, going back to protecting, our brain will be like, Well, if I just go silent, just like I did when I saw my father, mm-hmm. I can get through this. I will be unseen. I will not get in trouble. And it's like, that doesn't work anymore. That worked when we were children. And unfortunately, just like I said, the one negative thing gets uh, cancels out six positive things. Imagine 
18 years or however long you're with your parents. Mm -hmm. That's can't you, that's what conditioning is. You have to cancel it out. So that's a lot of undoing and unlearning and being conscious when you're suppressing your feelings and finding ways. I mean, when you're awakening to that and that's a kind of like what my video is, it's like me having breaking points. I have constant breaking points because navigating how to come out and start speaking and knowing when to share your emotions, knowing how to share them in a healthy way, which again is messy and people are very unforgiving. You're meeting people in walks of life who are still suppressing themselves and you're meeting people who are awakened and all that's in between. And I don't think that's ever going to be, I think I want to stress that point. I don't think it's ever going to be easy um, and there's always going to be breaking points. Like you might go through one tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through one next week, like mm -hmm. guaranteed because mm -hmm. as we talk about it and we're unpacking it, you see how much the human brain has to process, has to go into a depression, which is deep rest. It's like, it's a lot. And yeah, you're going to have breakdowns for the rest of your life. Someone told me once, you don't sweep the floor one time and the, the and it's clean forever. You know, and I think we forget that when we have breakdowns. That's an interesting way you put it. the whole mop scenario. That is very interesting. And backtracking to your video a little bit that you mentioned, I guess I wanna ask what can you say to listeners who cause like we've you and I have been able to unpack things either through this podcast or through your YouTube video. What can you say to people who may not necessarily have an outlet to, or even feel comfortable to mm. allow themselves to be vulnerable in yeah. a public saying or an outlet like this? What do they, how do they unpack their traumas then to themselves <sighs> or to anyone else? There's a lot of ways. Um, and I'm still learning myself. So I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm able to converse with you, but I just want to make it clear to everybody that I'm still learning every day how to do it. And anyone else who doesn't say that verbally, they also are doing that. So we just need to also remember, I think on top of while we're discovering that, that everybody who is trying is struggling and like learning daily. Um, I'm definitely no expert. And so that being said, there is some things I can suggest um, and I hope can be helpful. Um, there's a few, there's a lot of Instagrams that you can um, follow um, for women and men. I don't, I don't see a issue with it being, it's a, you can follow it as a man. I know it's it's called Sad Girls Club. It's for younger girls. I think men and non-gender binary and trans. Anybody could follow it. Um, it's basically like they, they point out things and they make things seem real. You know, they talk about being sad and, and how it's okay. They give you resources of free resources to reach out to if you need someone to talk to. You know, sometimes... Uh, that's what you can do if you don't have um, access to a therapist. Now, if you do have money and you have access to a therapist, by all means, 
that is a wonderful outlet. You're not crazy if you go to a therapist. Uh, that is some sort of myth. I'm sure some emotionally unavailable man made up. No offense to men. So they wouldn't have to go. It's just the conditioning just to make us afraid to wake up because that one person who was scared didn't want to wake up. And that's where all abuse and all that stuff comes from, too. But you can literally just Google um, low-cost therapy, and you can find sessions. You know, if you tell them you don't have a, an, um, an income, uh, you can tell them you don't have an income and get sessions as low as $35 per session. Um, you know, there's attainable ways to do it, and they're doing it through video chats now if that's more comfortable for people. Now, things at home you can do. Um, this may sound simple, and maybe you won't do it, but I hope you will. Free journaling, uh, free writing every morning, and committing to it. Like really knowing that this will make a difference in my life. Write a note on your, on your, next to your bed saying, wake up, your heart will win. Go write your journal. I promise you'll feel better after that. Doing that, not being ashamed to write things like that. Reminders, you know, we go through a lot as go through a lot as humans, and to expect us to to like not, I mean, expect us to remember that we feel that way about something, especially when we know we're not gonna wake up and be sad. Come on, it's there's no shame in that. It's beautiful. Tell yourself that's beautiful. So when I say free journaling, free writing, I mean you may not want to write anything. You may not. So you just write with, and this is the important part, without judgment. Okay? With no judgment. No one's going to read it. No one's going to see it. No one's going to think you're a bad person. There's just no judgment. You have to remember that. And sometimes as you're beginning to do it, like your first three or four days in a row, you'll notice you're trying to sugarcoat it. Like, I'm having a great morning, and I'm a good person, and coffee's nice. And it's like, yeah, but actually I'm pissed, and I hate everyone, and you got to write everything, okay? Do it for 10 minutes. Do a timer. Even if it's like, I don't know what I'm going to write right now. I'm just going to write. and um, But then something will come up. And you're like, actually, I feel really sad about the other day. And, you know, maybe I'll do this today. Yeah, that'll sound good. Okay, I'm sad. You're valid to be sad. You know, you just, I'm doing, I'm doing the example really detailed because it's important. Because if you continue to do this, I promise you, after a few days, a few things will happen you will begin to trust yourself. Why? Because you're not invalidating yourself. Because you're not judging yourself. Okay, so it's a secret way to validate your own feelings and practicing that without any judgment. And no judgment on self is a really big important thing because when you learn to do that, which takes time and consistency, that's why I'm saying 10 minutes a day, when you learn to do that, you begin to hear things like, I want to make a podcast. You, you begin to hear things like, I want to make a short film. You begin to hear that. And you begin to trust it. Because there's no doubts blocking you. So that's just one little way. And then, of course, I like to meditate. 
Um, there's guided meditations on YouTube. Uh, and it's just, it's sometimes hard to commit to, but every time I do it, I feel so much better. So it's like you have the resistance because your brain doesn't want you to succeed because that negative part of you wants to win, aka save you, which it doesn't. But you have to remember that, that it doesn't save you. And last thing, there's a great audiobook. Because if you're like me, I don't like to physically read things. I like to physically read poetry, but not books. I just can't do it. Uh, there's a beautiful book called The Untethered Soul. Okay, and then the the YouTube is on. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can you can look it up. And there's another one called You Are a Badass. Um, it's another audio book. Those are very inspirational. And have a spirit animal. These Instagram people or YouTube people as our guiders, I have to say there's much more people in history that can inspire you. Uh, have a spirit animal. Mine are uh, Maya Angelou, uh, Fiona Apple, and Frida Kahlo. Like, I think about them. You know, like, they would do it. Or I have, like, what would David Bowie do right now? You know, like... So there's little things, and they don't always save me, these things. But if you're consistent, and you just try, it, you're, you're going to see some changes happening in your soul and your yourself. I like that spirit animal idea. <laughs> it's cool. Who would yours be? I... I I gotta think about that. I Come have no on. idea. Come <laughs> on! We gotta know! We gotta um, know! I want to say Prince, but I just like Prince. Oh, so Prince is tight. I saw Prince yeah. live. Oh, really? How was that? Yes. Prince did eight encores. Wow. Eight. I'm because, not even surprised because it, it's Prince. <laughs> because he loved what he did. Right. He, he didn't give a, a crap about what people would think if he was mm -hmm. too much for coming out eight times. He was like, no, I love music. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I'm going to show all of you that you can do whatever you want. I dig yeah. that. That's, I why really I like, I, I, that's why I also love Prince. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Prince was amazing. And to, to backtrack a little bit, I can definitely attest to the whole journaling idea. Because I've done, in like the last three, four, maybe five weeks, I've been journaling a little bit myself. And like I've noticed that when you just write, write down how you feel and just free write, you start to unlock doors and like you start to realize that things I thought I was over I may not be over I may still be be dealing with like internally or I may be projecting in ways I shouldn't and it's it's a it's a rewarding experience it's a tough because you have to you have to deal with that new information you have to deal with the fact that I may not be okay mentally right now or i'm yeah. things are tougher than i'm really laying on for myself or yeah. things are tougher than i'm giving the space and the time to mm. but it's i feel like i've knowing that knowledge and dealing with it in different ways and like connecting dots connecting spider webs i think that i'm growing as a person in a good way you know sounds like it yeah, I like that. I think the opening, unlocking doors and really taking a look at yourself. Yeah, you should feel proud that 
you've been journaling, you said, for the last few weeks, and now you're doing this. It's like, yeah. And then we'll repeat that a whole cycle again tomorrow. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's a good cycle. And um, that's good. It's good to say it's a good cycle. I think that's yes. really kind of you. Mm-hmm. And, and a voice that we should all hear like, this is a good thing, a good cycle. Yeah, I want to take that with me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, backtracking. I've been backtracking a lot. I'm I love the backtrack. Now. It's good to yeah. backtrack. Like, why do we have to like continue, like always go forward? It's like there's some stuff in there. Right. Uh, going back to your video a little bit, like that video you did talk about, like how it is difficult to make connections with people, especially now where you've got social distance and whatnot, and like there's this fear of being like ghosted and canceled but you said something really interesting that i never heard before like you said that basically friendship is mean people in the middle and i thought that was really interesting like how how do you know when you met someone in the middle ah that's interesting you never heard that before Mm -mm. god damn what happened to us like why (laughs) why what the hell i that's the question I thought I was the only one who didn't learn that just just due to lacking of, uh, like I said, parental guidance growing up. But to hear you say that, that alarms me. <laughs> um, OK, so what is that? I'm still learning myself. So, you know, take this for what you will and we can converse about it, your take on it. But when I um, got out of, uh, you know, I was in a very abusive situation four years ago which I did say on my video I'm probably going to speak out about it because I'm now learning that that's okay I can do that um but I had to go to therapy two times a week um to like just stand up again and that therapist told me this that the thing that's what you're saying is um meeting halfway how do we know when that's happening and how do we know when we're overreacting and how do we know we don't that's that's what i'm saying i'm still learning it but um one analogy he gave me was the ping pong um when you say something instead of like let's say let's say you're codependent i don't know if you know the term codependent um usually they pick up a lot of the slack they like fill in the blanks Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a lot uh, just to make sure that everyone's comfortable and um, abusive people really like that person because they get to just look at you and not say anything and gather their information to manipulate you mm-hmm. um, yeah pretty horrible mm-hmm. and that person who's talking all the time doesn't notice it because they're used to being that way, right? Because mm-hmm. prote- it protects them from finding out that person's opinion. It protects them from finding out that person's feelings. It, all in all, horrible in a, in a way to, to grow a friendship, um, especially if that person's abusive and you don't know until later. But let's say that other person's not abusive. How are you supposed to ever have a give and take? Like, it's like asking questions. How are you? The other person says how they're doing. And then if they don't say 
well, how are you? Mm. Then you kind of notice like, huh, I wonder, you shouldn't like freak out right away. It's just something that you're like noticing, just noticing. Mm. And being very compassionate about it. Sometimes you should give like somebody like three or four hangouts to really see they're consistent. Maybe they're shy the first time. Okay, but let's do it again. Do they call me? Do I call them back? When they call me, do they ask me about my day? And then I tell them, they listen, they don't interrupt me, and I ask them about their day, you know? And then we're feeling good. We're like taking turns, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really nice way to find out if someone is there for you. But if, if one person's doing all the talking or one person is doing all the asking, there's a, a amount of emotional unavailability there because there's no chance of finding out how someone feels or, you know, and if you are a person who likes to be vulnerable or emotionally available because that's the person you've decided to be, uh, you may not really enjoy being super close to that person. You might make them a casual friend. There's also like a chart where there's like really close friends I can trust with my feelings. People I kind of like and hang out with, but I don't tell them my feelings. And then there's like outer circle of somebody I say hi to. You know, you, you can be the judge of that. But like to go cancel someone, freak out on them, you know, that's what I don't get. It's like uh, meeting someone in the middle, you find out who they are. You allow them to be who they are, but you have to pay attention. Oh, this person doesn't like feelings, but they like look. They like going to the beach and throwing ball. Okay, mm -hmm. they'll be they'll be my in my second circle of friends, mm -hmm. you know. Versus like you don't listen to my feelings. Ah, it's like they're not capable. They showed you that. Mm. So Thank anyway, you. it's kind of interesting. It's really kind of to find out. And share vulnerably. How vulnerably, how how much vulnerability do you want as a person? Do you want any? You don't have to have any. If you like not having it, you get to find out if that person has it or not. Mm -hmm. Is it wrong to say maybe you should, or maybe I should ask, is it possible to go at this person's pace? Because let's, let's assume that rather than being emotionally unavailable, they are, they've been in multiple abusive relationships and mm -hmm. as a result, they're, what's the word, hesitant, yes. they're hesitant to share their, share themselves with someone else, share their experiences, share their feelings, share their emotions, because it's just gone south so many times. What, what then, is it worth taking that chance with someone or is it mm. is it just yeah is it, is it like a toxic toxicity there? Mm. i think you can find out over time but it takes communicating um it would take communicating and not over communicating because mm -hmm. you really have to pay attention to how much they're meeting you if they're like meeting you about right here and that's fine for you for now pay attention does it stay there does it go like this is it inconsistent, you know? Uh, but if you're like, let's say they are hesitant, and that's not wrong. It's just where they're at. Right. 
But like how horrible and uncomfortable is it that you're like talking so much and making them comfortable and doing all this work and trying to meet them over here? It's like a lot. Yeah. So it's kind of like pay attention. If it's about right here and that's comfortable for you, that's totally okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then over time, maybe three or four hangouts come and you feel like you've been a good friend, you've been comfortable. You can then take it to the next level and kind of be like, hey, I've, I've kind of noticed, uh, you know, it's kind of like a careful situation. Like, I'd love to be a little more open with you or I hear more about your feelings. Is there a reason, like... Um, you seem a little hesitant about sharing your feelings and I just want to let you know as a friend, um, I care about you and I kind of want to become closer. Is there any reasons for that? And see if they meet you, see if they're capable of saying, I can't see if they're capable of saying like, yeah, it's just something I don't, I won't do. And then whatever they say, you have to respect it. You have to be like, okay, But if they say something manipulative, like, oh, I can do that, and then they do it once but never again, you have to pay attention to that. You have to be like, oh. And then you have to ask yourself, like, going back to me and my dad, can I be comfortable with him or her meeting me here? Or is it going to set me into depression later because I truthfully need this? Mm. You know? Yeah. So it's it's and and none of that is simple. It's not like there's a cut dry answer. The the simplest way to put it is time. Whenever you feel like you're lacking time and you're about to cancel someone or explode, ask yourself if you think you have time and if you feel safe. Uh, and I feel like that's a lot of the reason people get canceled lately is like people don't feel safe. They feel like if they don't do it now, they're going to be in danger, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you might be, you might be, but hopefully you have other friends you can reach out to and, and check. Hopefully your free journal is maybe showing how you've been feeling about this person. Don't invalidate yourself. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to cancel someone. You can just, Move them to the next circle, which is friend who's kind of cool. I can see them sometimes while I'm around other friends. See how I feel then. And if it's still uncomfortable, then that might be a time for you to mention it to them. Or, you know, some people prefer not to mention it because they don't think it's worth it. Um, I think that's the saddest part about humanity. Um, I wish that people could talk to people about what bothered them because even if you didn't stay friends maybe that later down the line could sink in with that person and maybe they could have a chance at being better um but that's a whole nother conversation like all these are very deep conversations but you know that's what i would just kind of hope because i wish i don't know sometimes in retrospect i wish somebody would have told me something if there was something that I could have learned but then again some people don't have the articulation or words themselves to tell that person so it's not anyone's fault but yeah, yeah. it's it's a lot but I'll even say that it's not even for certain people at least it's I think that it's a case of just 
it's hard to open up in a certain way. Like it's hard to say you said something that made me uncomfortable or you Yeah. Or it's hard to say that it's hard to you know, just have those conversations and some people will have those conversations. Other people would rather just ghost you because it's easier than just having those uncomfortable questions and articulations, you know? I think that's so unfortunate, but I get it. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but I get it. And like, sometimes I ghost people, but it's usually after like, God, I hate to admit it, but I will. I mean, like, I had this one guy who's multiple times had toxic masculinity to me and I've like told him like you can't talk to me like that it's just not good like Mm -hmm. it's just like you can't you won't be treating me this way man and I felt comfortable enough to say that to him we would go through that every so often as friends until finally he just sent me the most insane thing on Instagram and I was like f you and I (laughs) look (laughs) But I said, F you, I'm done with the toxic masculinity. And I'm not proud of that. But it was literally like it happened so many times that it was starting to get in my head that I felt like I was able to just say F you. Like, because it was starting to mess with me. So. Well, in that case, I think (laughs) I think that's when like ghosting can be understandable or might be even be might be necessary if it's. If you've had this type of conversation with the same person over and over and over and over and over again, then either there's something that's just not clicking with them or they just don't care and they're intentionally being mentally and emotionally abusive. And when they're being intentionally and it's clear, if that intent is clear that they're being emotionally and mentally abusive, then that's when you have to cut someone off for the sake of your mental health so you're not up late at night just overstressing about things yeah and that makes you if somebody's repeatedly a certain way it can uh, elicit doubts in oneself Mm -hmm. it's already hard enough to live and have faith in yourself is how i Mm -hmm. see it um but yeah even my friend that exploded at me the other day before Mm -hmm. he totally ghosted he said some pretty valid things to me. Mm-hmm. They were, he took a few things off the deep end. I don't think it's ever okay to attack someone's character or like right. use very um, personal things against someone. I think that is abusive, mm-hmm. but he was mad. So I, you know, even though we're not talking, I forgive that part, but I do see where he was coming from on his anger. And he pointed out a few things that, Um, I saw like, oh, I could see how this person could see me as repeating a behavior. And I wish for a second. Yeah, I I hate to cut you off, but like I like I don't want you to. And maybe like this is just me as an outsider, not knowing the full context of the conversation. But I don't want you to feel like you necessarily like just because you see where he was coming from. It shouldn't validate what he did to you, because if he's angrily just shooing like using your own 
anger <laughs> and emotion against you, then that, that that's just not okay. I'm I'm sorry. I, I just had to say that. That's Thank just me you. sticking my nose in. But it's... that's so sweet of you. Yeah, this is how I usually handle things. I'm like, it was all my fault, and I get it. So he's excused. Like yeah, I've, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, like I want to. I wanted to learn. I don't think I should have been so harsh on myself because I went to a dark place. But um, I do see, I'm grateful that before he just totally um, canceled me, he said a few valid things between the very, very painful using my family and all kinds of stuff against me. Uh, very hurtful. He, was all, he wasn't completely valid to blow up, but like he had some built up things, which is also why I encourage people to say something the first time if somebody is doing something that bothers you versus hold it in, let it repeat. Because the other person, and this is what I mean by the ping pong, you'll never know if that other person could have changed and respected you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But you get to have this narrative like, I'm powerful, I'm going to block them because I know how to respect myself. And it's like, mm-hmm. Well, you're actually not being vulnerable to the chance that this person could change and be there for you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not saying I would have been been there because I, I could have kept messing up. I don't know what I would have done. But the thing is, I didn't have an opportunity. And um, this thing that happened with us, the ghosting, the cancel, happened all with a matter of minutes. Like, when he was telling me this stuff, I was like, Oh, 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 yeah, I get it. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, I don't know. Like, it was just crazy. And then it was done. But he did say a thing or two that I did learn from. I'll be honest. And I am, as much as there was whatever, you don't need to call it here or there, I got to at least learn something. It was hard because he said a lot of mean things that were kind of abusive. But in that, there was a few truths and I kind of chalked it up like he's mad, but there were some things I got to learn from. And so that's what I mean by like trying, trying to say something before you totally dip because, you know, even me saying, Hey, enough toxic masculinity, F you, at least there was like a hint of why I said F you, you know, like, I don't know if he'll learn from that. That wasn't like the best thing I could have said, but you know what I mean? Um, so I will say just personally, as much as now that I'm even talking about it, I'm like, so I'm kind of angry, but I am glad that at least the tiniest thing that at least was left was a little thing that I could have, I could learn from. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think from the sounds of it, I think you did the right thing. Like he may or may not have learned anything, but that's that's his chips to bargain with. Basically, that's that's something that he has to deal with. If you have to go out of your way to try to make him understand something, especially when he goes out of his way to use personal traumas against you, then that's that's a problem. And it. I just want to say, I think you did the right thing. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's messy, um, you know, but I guess being open and vulnerable as much as these situations are sad or painful, I think it's helpful for anybody watching who may be thinking they're the only one who gets in fights or 
moments like this it's not easy to navigate and yeah that's that's all there is really to say about that it's it's just not easy and it's sad it makes me sad but yeah it's not easy but it's necessary you know yeah and then yeah and hopefully you become friends with people who like to communicate is like a big thing mm-hmm. so you know when you kind of know that going into friendships which i'm I'm still trying to understand how to do that. Um, it makes it easier. And then also learning to just say sorry and understanding that no defense is needed. Like you can just say sorry and your friends will be like, sounds good. Like it's literally sometimes that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. And then like letting them be mad for a second. Hopefully they don't. If they start using personal things against you, then it's too far. Never, right. I would never do that. That is mm-hmm. like a hard no. Even right. Fiona Apple sings about that in her songs. But like, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, just literally saying sorry. I think people are afraid of apologies. Mm-hmm. But I would always say like, apologies just mean you're down to party. It doesn't mean you're wrong or a bad person. It just means you're down to party. You're down to keep going in the in the friendship in the party. I like I like the sound of that. And I think you make an excellent point there because one thing I've learning is that like it's hard it's not so much it's hard to say sorry, but it's hard to not get defensive because you can say sorry, but either you may personally say or someone who needs to apologize says, I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to do this or I'm sorry but xyz and some some apologies there shouldn't be a but like you said well there doesn't need to be a but like exactly sometimes you just need to say sorry and keep it pushing and it's hard it's really hard to get to that point where you just need to say sorry and just just learn from that it's 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 hard because it's it's a human it's natural human reaction to just get defensive and it's being being defensive just turns into this roadblock of just your now you're both on your toes basically <laughs> yes and even the person apologizing feels like they have to be on their toes or they think the other person's overreacting it's some people need to understand that sometimes you just need to say sorry I, even i i think I, i'm slowly learning that like that you just need to say sorry and everything's okay after that right like why? Mm-hmm. So that's like a thing to touch on. I mean, like, um, yeah, I, I'm so guilty of it too. But that's why I also urge, let people have time before you cancel them. In that three minute conversation, it could turn around within like after a process because our natural thing is to be like, oh, we're gonna lose our friends. We're gonna, you know, it's like and this it's yeah. the most innocent, stupid thing. Why we're being defensive? Because it's like, oh, I I don't want to lose my friends. They're going to hate me. They're going to think I'm a bad person. So let me say a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm guilty, too. And I'm a full, like, full-blown adult. Yes. Uh, but usually after, like, a few moments, I can go, okay, yes, I'm sorry. Right. Like, right. I, I was wrong. I didn't mean it. But then by then, people, like you said, are on their toes. And then mm-hmm. they're ready to get you because you're not listening to them. And it's like, oh, I just wish... We are also traumatized and we're learning how to wake up that and we read all these little blips online being like, 
cut out those toxic people. And it's like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. give it five minutes. Give it, like, a minute or, like, mm-hmm. nobody's good at that. But, mm-hmm. yes, I was just talking to a friend today who I'm glad she called me to vent to me. I feel like, okay, I get to be there for my friend. I'm, I'm glad. Like, this is great. And after the end of her vent, um, I was kind of like, well, I could see where he's coming from. I'm glad that she was actually receptive to my, to me being honest. I was like, you go, cause some people don't like that. But like, I was like, well, you know, if you did that to me, I'd be mad at you. Mm-hmm. I'd be mad at you. Did you say sorry to him? And as, and I told her I was learning with her as she was talking to me. Cause I'm like, Oh God. Mm-hmm. I do this. I do this too. She did this thing that would have made me mad. Okay. And so obviously made the person that she did it too mad. But when she, when the person got mad, she explained for a while, but I had to do this because I knew you would convince me to go and I wasn't comfortable. So I had to do that. So like, how does that sound? Right? Like when right. you're hurt, like you just want to hear sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if she just said sorry, she would have to do the ping pong going back to that. She'd have yes. to let that dude be mad mm-hmm. and just say, I understand. Because mm-hmm. what I did was, though what I did was valid, I can understand how it made you mad. So I got to let you be mad. And then hopefully, because I said sorry, a few days later, you say sorry. Mm-hmm. Both people should say sorry, but there has to be a time, right, for there to be feelings. Mm. I don't know. That's what I took from our phone call today. I was like, damn, (laughs) you could just, like, suck it up and say, I understand. You're mad. Yeah. And, like, it's it's really hard to get to that point because, like, like (laughs) we've been talking about people get on their toes and you dig yourself in a hole. Like, you're afraid to lose that friend, so you might come on too strong trying to maintain a friendship and the harder you try to maintain a friendship ends up breaking that friendship i do that all the time yeah i've done it recently (laughs) it's so sad it's just that we're all so traumatized we're like this person must be toxic but it's like really it's like no i just want to be your friend so bad yeah it's it's tough but we're learning you know I mean, yeah, I hope this um, this podcast and more of your podcasts help show the truths like this. I mean, even me leaving this podcast, I'll be like, damn, what's right? I don't know, but mm-hmm. I just know in simplest terms, mm-hmm. time, you have time. All good things need time. That is just like if I ever get overwhelmed with learning a bunch of lessons, I say that, and among other things, I think that really makes me feel like I can stop, and whenever you take that time, you can make decisions that are thoughtful, and definitely I'm hitting like four out of ten, but, you know, we're we're trying. We're trying to amazingly very well said and i think that's the perfect point to end this podcast on yeah well this was great and i really am i 
I don't know if I is it appropriate to say proud of you? I'm like I don't know you. Oh, but I, I, I appreciate the the proudness. Thank you so much. That that really means a lot. Oh yeah, no, I'm so proud of you, and I think totally keep going and trust in yourself that that your truth and will will bring solace to some people, and even you know even if it's just me and you learning with each other. That's all you need, one person. Like so, I hope you you keep going, even if you feel doubt, and and reach out if you're like I'm doubting myself again. I mean, I know you don't know me, but like, or reach out to a friend, reach out to someone you admire, and hey, I emailed you back right away because mm. you know what the hell? Why not? And I appreciate that. Fingers <laughs> crossed. There's more episodes, more episodes people can learn from. I just want listeners to have like these big takeaway messages to like help themselves heal too. Like we're all in this just healing together, I think. So yes. hopefully we can all heal together. And though uh, before we end this podcast, there was one thing I want to say. I want to make a habit of giving people their flowers, so to speak, while they're here. Like, and oh, I yeah. want to do that for like all of my guests and since you're my guest, I, if there is ever a case where we never speak again, or I, I don't know, I die tomorrow or something oh crazy like that, but like I just want you to know that this, first off, this just means the world to me that you were so willing to be my first guest. Uh, it's that means so much to me, and I'm, I don't know if you could tell this whole podcast, but I'm. As a fan of yours, I've just been kind of starstruck. Like, this is still very <laughs> surreal to me. I think you are a fantastic, creative mind. You are, you create incredible work on YouTube. Big fan of that thing in the ground, the <laughs> Everfall movie, Birds Without Feathers. I thought that was just. Oh, you saw it? Yes. It's, <laughs> Uh, it was it was it was wacky, but it was just so good. Like all these wacky characters, I just it was just so unique, and like you you did something so special with that. And I I hope you never lose that light inside of you to create, be enlightened, enlighten other people, and just you're 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 a magnificent soul. And I I. I Ten thousand times, thank you so much for everything, and I hope your journey in life is just continues to be incredible. Thank you, and I hope the same for you. And I know you're going to make more. Come on now. Fingers crossed. No, you say it now. Say it here. You proclaim <laughs> one more episode at least. Okay. <laughs> one more episode at least. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm here. So let me know when you yeah post this and stuff, but. I'm grateful to have gotten to talk to you today. So thank you so much. And thank you for my flowers. And that's episode one in the books. Thank you for listening. And again, thank you, Wendy McComb, for stopping by as a first guest. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow her work and everything she's on on social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, follow her film. She's, she's got a movie on Amazon Prime called Birds Without Feathers. Check that out. It's all great stuff. Before I sign out, I want to say um, thank you to Stanley Mache Stan, the producer who composed the theme song for his podcast. You can commission him for music on Instagram at Web Machete. 
thank you to Caitlin Noel for doing the artwork for this podcast. I appreciate that so much. Uh, you can commission her for artwork. Um, Caitlin.Noel.Art on Instagram. And um, overall, I just I just hope this helps somebody. I hope this podcast helped you helped inspire you to have conversations that we all probably should be having either with ourselves or with other people um and i think if there's at least one takeaway you can have from this podcast or just this episode it's that your feelings are valid and if you're like me and you're not doing okay in these weird times you will be okay I'm not okay, but I will be okay. Feelings are valid, but they are not final. And everyone should take the space, create a space to communicate those feelings. It could be by free writing or just thinking to yourself. Uh, But free writing really helps. Just write down exactly what you're going through. And then when you come to the conclusion, I'm not okay, figure out how you're going to be okay. Be it by taking up therapy, talking to a friend, talking to family members, uh, checking yourself into a, a psychiatric facility, which there's no shame in that at all. But make sure that you you have to deal with those feelings before they get worse no matter how small those not okay feelings are you you have to nip those feelings in the bud early on you've gotta gotta think of your mind as like a car if you hear a rumbling from the engine or from the tire you can't ignore that it sounds it sounds like something's bad with your car you can't ignore that if you do it's the problem's only going to get worse until the car eventually breaks down and think of think of your mind that way like you've got just like how you have to take your car to a shop as soon as you hear a problem you gotta you gotta find a way to overcome whatever you're going through and believe me the worst feelings and emotions you'll go through they can be overcome you just have to you gotta put in the work to do it and you it's it's a tough process it might require help definitely requires help i think but you gotta take the space to do it i think and um so i i don't i don't know how to outro this podcast um so uh, again, just thank you. Uh, if there's if there's ever a point you think I need to elaborate or something, or if you have questions for me, or feel like I spoke out of term, or I didn't communicate something to the best of my abilities, because I'm open to communication. Uh, I'm open to criticism. Sorry, um, especially since this is the first episode. So if you have anything for me, you can DM the podcast at Mental Health Check In Pod on Instagram or check-in pod on twitter uh mental health check-in pod at gmail.com send questions concerns anything and um i don't know when the next episode is going to be this 
I'm not putting myself on a strict strict schedule. This could be next week, could be the week after, could be bi-weekly, could be bi-monthly. I don't know. This is all still new to me. But, uh, yeah, just thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, take care. Mm-hmm.